that was two hours with you, which is probably the reason why I've had enough tonight. I, I know they said it was a bit. I'm not sure. I, maybe it was 50% a bit, but that just sounded too real to me. I don't think he's a good enough actor, even though he is. I don't think he's, you're giving Ian Eagle enough credit. I, I know his dad was a professional actor. And he's a professional comedian. I know that. Still, it just, I think Whatever. we know him well enough to know. I don't think hey you guys, know him at all. If you're looking for people to comment on the airing of emotional grievances <laughs> during a sports product, we're right here. That's true. We shouldn't be so What do you guys think of it? I think my favorite part of the whole thing is that Spiegel thought it was current. I did. He, I got he, duped. He, he thought that it happened. I got duped. It was so good. And then yesterday, during the break, before we were going to play it, I was like, oh, this is from a while ago. Yeah, because uh, isn't, isn't Sarah his partner now? Yes. Yeah. 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 And it's the and old logo. And I said logo. on the air, and, and Carrie Kittles was in the club. <laughs> Kendall Gill was still yeah, yeah, yeah. There are a few giveaways. That was a tell. Why, why is Marvin the human eraser Webster out there, exactly. right? He's uh, back in the lead. Uh, thanks exactly. to Brian Geltzeiler, Matt Bowen, and Jason Leisure for joining us. Ray Diaz, Adam Studzinski, Brandon Fryer, Connor O'Donnell, Kevin Lapka. For their contributions. And I'm going to be at Bevda on 169th and Torrance tonight, 530 to 7 with Remy Martin to get you signed up for the Quarter Dreams at the United Center. So come by if you're out south. And you'll be bringing be that, by the way. Uh, Not at Remy, but at the Quarter Dreams. Oh, I was like, you're going to leave the show to come to the appearance? No, no, no. At, 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 on, uh, on March 1st. Yeah, with, I was telling Dan, I don't own a pair of high tops anymore. So I, that's a between now and March 1st, I got to find a pair and break a pair in. It's been what a what size are you? It's 10 and a uh, ten and a half. Okay, it's weird because this foot is shorter than this foot because this foot got the screw and the staples ah, in it. Ah, that's a no good. So it's like that's a no good. Ten and a ten and a half. I don't know. Studs is studs over there. Just to check, I don't have to do the legal, right? Because we just came out of the commercial close to the top of the hour. So instead of doing the legal, I just thought I'd ask you, which makes for better content for no, those who love the legal I, ID content. I think you should yeah. just do it. I think you should do the legal just okay. to do the legal. Sweet. Yeah. Um, you're listening to Sports Radio 670, The Score, WSCR HD Chicago, WBMX HD 2 Chicago, and Odyssey Station. We get those bonus FCC points. Nice. Um, I know I'm a day late here, but I was told a and great- a dollar short. I was told a Les Grobstein story- that I didn't know yesterday, so I feel like I should tell it now. Feel which free. is so our our friend Brian Garza of the Cubs, who works with season ticket holders, had a good relationship with Les, and Les used to reach out to Brian and and say, "Hey, you know that uh, that giveaway that you had? If you have any extras of those, I'd really love one." And Brian would always take care of Les and get him the bobblehead, get him the giveaway, get him an extra media guide here or there. So one year, he got um, those on his own. One year, Brian uh, Garza goes to the uh, Rosemont, um, the memorabilia show <laughs> what in did he Rosemont. Think? Come on, what did he think? And he, he's walking around, and he sees Les in charge of his memorabilia stand. And Brian looks around and sees that maybe 90% of the items on this particular table came from him, right? And he looks at Les. Les looks at him, smiles. They exchange pleasantries. Hey, how you doing? Good to see you. Don't speak a word of it. And they walked away, and Les never called and asked him for anything again, which is amazing. That surprises me. 
that he did. Right. Because it was an admission. It was like, let's just ignore the corpse lying right here in the corner but of the room. But it's also that Les would be, in some aspects, completely oblivious to anything being untoward yeah, about there's, it. That, well, yeah. But I, I, this he guy's my hookup for the stuff, and yep. I'm going to sell it. Yeah, right. I'm going to sell it. That's what, right. I'm, that's what I'm doing. You're what I was doing with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, my yeah. stuff. I, I can didn't. sell it. I can do whatever I want. You were nice to me, and then Les found somebody else to talk to. But it's like at, at Cubs and get that's, stuff. That's perfect. It's the way that he pieced together a life and a living. And that's so amazing. I heard you in transition yesterday talking about his tickets. plane tickets, mm-hmm. all the paper plane tickets. And it, Mully told a story of him stopping at like every airport to like update a ticket. And then eventually it would equal out to one regular ticket. Like the, the things he figured you know out how much to anxiety Jerry that life. Would give me? Unbelievable. I traveled with him once, I mean, unintentionally, but Steph and I ran into him and Kathy coming back from the Bahamas when Steph was pregnant, uh, and it was like our you know baby moon or whatever, and we were delayed 10 hours in that airport. It was, ter- nice. it was, it was rough, but le- yeah, yeah, but less like became the captain of the plane like like he was like advocating for people but like kind of voted on but not really and like people would be like they'd go to the counter and line up and you'll get your assignments on where your bag will be or where your ticket will be because they were like splitting us up into two different planes and like i was like oh man we're gonna have to wait in this long line that sounds terrible i'll be right back and he just walked right to the front of the line because he was like a1 or a2 in the previous thing because of his unlimited miles and he just cut the line just 200 people in line. He walked right to the front of it and started talking with the gate agent. And everyone was like, hello, sir. Hello, social norms. And it didn't. And it Oblivious. didn't. <laughs> the it, gift it did of not, not having to worry about social norms. <laughs> it was incredible. It's a gift. Mm-hmm. It was really remarkable. Yeah, it's amazing. So anyway, <laughs> I, I, I love that, that we honored him with the show uh, last night. I heard great things about Grody's job uh, that he did on the show. He's the perfect person to do it. Yep. It's, uh, it's incredible. But like you said, wish it happened all the time. It'd be nice if we still had live local overnights. But I agree. Studs has done it. No, I, I know. Yeah. We do it after Bears games. We do it special occasion, but it's just not a, you know. Well, it, because very few people would work for what Les asked for. That's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I bet. But a young training ground, you know what I mean? In an idealized world, I know that we're not in that period of radio anymore. But in an idealized world, I, I could imagine there would be some young part-time producers who want to be on air one day who, would, sure. who would happily take that shift. Well, in general, that is a, a thing that I think would be great for yeah. for the station and for the business. I'm good at spending radio executives' money. I would like to have interns back, but that's just yeah. me. Yeah. As long as, as long as we're doing that and making big corporate decisions, I really think we we've missed interns terribly for the whatever it is, the twelve years we haven't had. Yeah, I haven't a had a good time. agate in twelve years. I mean everyone here an intern? I started Not as an Dan. intern. No. Not Dan, right? Yeah, I was an intern at channel two. I was an okay. intern. So I was an intern at, at WTVD, uh, the ABC in Raleigh Durham, and at Channel Two. Yeah, I, I asked the question poorly. I didn't even mean here. I wasn't an intern here. Oh, the, but yeah, I, all of us were uh, definitely uh, interns. An, an intern f- in a media place. Yeah, because yeah. I didn't intern here either. Yeah, well, people think I did. I'm like, no, I walked in as a paid producer. No, that was immensely important. Do being a news intern and then being a sports intern in a non-union shop, mm-hmm. yeah, there you where go. they're like, all right, you, you, you need to edit baseball highlights. 
I've never edited baseball highlights. Here's how you edit baseball highlights. You bet. Yeah, it's valuable. Like, okay, And great. then they sent Dan out to, to talk with Todd Bowles about playing in the outdoors. <laughs> hey. <laughs> we've all, look, we've all been there. We've all asked bad questions. We've all started a question and realized that, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, I think I better. And you, and you know it, and things turn awful, so I, I've got more What's your empathy. worst? I know you guys have a horror story question. I got plenty. Do you, do you work out, Marion? That's a good one. Would be mine, mine probably. Mine was, uh, God, who, who did I? I'll give you another one of mine uh, while uh, you're yeah, waiting. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to remember. I, Jack, asking Jack Callahan what it feels like to have your life peak at 18. That is an incredible question that I wish I had been a part of. I asked Pods <laughs> about his ex-wife not knowing that they were divorced. Oh, yeah. Because he had moved into media and Lisa Durgan, Dan, mm-hmm. we were yep. doing the show together. Mm-hmm. And I looked it up because I was like, I wonder if she's the reason that he got into it. And he was like, oh, yeah, we just got divorced. And I was like, oh. I, don't, I, I asked sorry about that, that time I asked Flew LeBorg about the Holocaust. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, actually, Brandon McCarthy of the Why White Sox. asking about that? <laughs> it's his thing. That's uh, so I was, we were interviewing. That's a good question. We were interviewing Brandon McCarthy. Doing b- a before, German accent is a bit. I was triggered, Lawrence. Before a start in Oakland, <laughs> and I knew in my mind what I was asking about the amount of foul territory in Oakland. But the way I asked the question completely oh. bollocksed up what I intended to ask. Oh, that must have aided you too, because he was one of the smartest yes. pitchers ever. And there's this long pause when I ask it, and I'm not. Even, and I thought something got mixed up in my wording, and then he just says, "I'll be honest with you, I have no idea what that meant." <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. That's phenomenal. I asked Kiki Vandaway a question thinking that he was still working for ESPN, but he had, in fact, been hired back into a front office somewhere and uh, still did the interview. This was a senior year of college, so he was doing a favor for a college radio station. And I was just asking her every question I asked him was just teeing like him media. up for tampering. Like, you know, oh. like, like opinions on other teams, players that's under contract. But like when you're on the desk at ESPN, you can talk about that. When you're the general manager of the Nuggets, you can't. And eventually he just had to be like, I don't, I can't answer any of the questions. And I'm like, ESPN analyst. He's like, no, so embarrassing. And then Jalen Johnson, like two weeks ago, called me out on how I asked him about Eberflus. Because I was like, do you want him back? And he was like, "That wasn't that bad a question." Oh, that's not a bad question. No. He's like, "What do I supposed know to with say?" Him? He yeah, might no. answer it. That, 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 that's why. I <laughs> that's asked. the thing with him. That's <laughs> why. I asked. That's why he's such a good interview subject. But then he also is just do as likely I to call you Matt out. Do I want Matt back? <laughs> he buys no, himself a little time and repeats no. it. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be a no for me, dog. Yeah. So good. God, this so good. You know what? Like, no, I can't believe they didn't fire him. <laughs> I thought it was at least like ten percent on the table that he would say something like that. You gotta ask. I can't. Um, you know what's so nice? This this White Sox story. It like, of course, you get eventually to the political stoppers and the financial impossibility. Oh no, no! I I read your heart bursting out of your chest and your column. It's so nice, dude. When's the last time there was a nice White Sox story? 
what, what, what Liam Hendricks has come back, but it's amidst two years of absolute dog crap, and then he gets hurt and he's gone. Jason Minetti being the broadcaster. <laughs> I, I was going to say, them, them bringing Minnie Mignoso out of retirement for yet another at bat. <laughs> I mean, Lucas Giolito's no hitter. When, when's the last time you were bathed in like 1959? I, I mean, <laughs> seriously. It, it, it does, it feels like the Iowa game was like the last nice yeah, moment. Yeah, that's a good call. The, the Iowa game was a great, great moment. This It's so easy to picture this stadium in that spot mm-hmm. with their version of PNC and the water taxis coming from downtown. Well, and, you know, water taxis. Uh, kayaks, <laughs> kayaks chasing that's, home runs. That's not happening. Well, <laughs> and like the train tracks going by, like their Camden Yards, like, and finally being in like the near south ideal that I, they screwed up the first time. I will say the train tracks are right behind the stadium which they play in now. I know, but they could build and like utilize it. Like that's the failure of what became the rate, right? Is they didn't they didn't have a single retro cool ass nook and cranny while every other no, ballpark they, they built did, around then. But did. it wasn't done immediately. It was it was the seats. Remember. Remember how bad the seats were? Yes. People were like, wait a minute. Why didn't you just put in the green seats? Then the White Sox were like, you're right. Why didn't we put in the green well, seats? And then they took them all out and put in the green don't seats. Don't forget the mm-hmm. awful moat that they had between the bleacher seats and the wall. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, you were yeah. literally separated. Uh. And then there were garbage cans down there. It was just, <laughs> it was terrible. Like, the actual design didn't like you. It was perfect Dan- White Sox design. Danny has a favorite uh, fact about, about home plate. You love how they well, screwed that up. I was going back up. and looking it up because I remember talking to someone uh, back when I was working in Kansas City about positioning the stadium, and it was the same thing. There is a rule on the direction that ballparks are supposed to, to face, and it's north-northeast, and it's for sun exposure. That's what they screwed up in Glendale. Correct. And But that's not how Sox Park is. Nope. So like they are they are disregarding the rule to face the stadium away from the idealized sun version of it and some of the reporting suggested that it was so that they could just keep the address the same as 35th and Shields but that's the entrance for their offices like that's not where the fans actually enter the ballpark. They just wanted to keep their <laughs> their office am- address the same. That is an amazing <laughs> Hey, we have a suggestion as to where the ballpark should face. But here you go, We're going to disregard it. Here's the opportunity. Make it less pretty. Like, this tract of land should have been developed years and years ago. Which makes me wonder. Why it has not? What's under there? Could be a little funky, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you thinking? I don't know. It's just that, you know, I, I wasn't far from there for a year. I lived off of 20th and Wabash. Yeah, no, I know. I can see this area from my balcony. It depends what had been there before. And we brought this up when the Cubs and Kerry Wood partnered to build Kerry Wood Field next to Lane Tech. They had huge environmental setbacks that ended up changing. And the the cost of some of the retrofitting made what became Kerry Wood Field. It's nice, but it's not what was in the original plans. Yeah, it's interesting because so much of the south side used to be stockyards and or... You know, steel. It's, it's, yeah, steel, yeah. and just like where you would dump stuff because people didn't live there for a long, long. We had to do it. Our time. our homes were built on a, a parcel of land that was a clay factory when that area was all industrial. When there was the hospital laundry that is now now Centrum Homes, but so they everybody suggested, look, you don't build a house there without bringing environmental lawyers in and testing all of that. 
And we did, and we got the results, and they said, well, there's a lot of PNLs. And I said, what are PNLs? They said, well, they're from they're remnants from the Chicago Fire. That actually, the, the half-life on these chemicals created by the Chicago Fire is so long that it, it takes thousands of years for them to degrade. <laughs> so I said, is this wow. bad? And so one, one of the chemists said, well. This reminds me of Poltergeist. They were, said, there, were there corpses coming up? No, no, no. But the, the, the chemist said, like, well, he said, if your kid, because this is before we had, you know, we had Zoe, we, didn't, we knew there was going to be another. Like, well, if your kid goes in the backyard and for six hours a day, Eats nothing but dirt. <laughs> That'd be bad. It, it, it might be a problem. And then well, I, otherwise, you're I, fine. And I said to Beth, I said, there is a perfectly good chance our kid could do that. <laughs> right, of course. <laughs> yeah, that's on the board. Miss <laughs> Hoover, right, I ate yes. my pace. Exactly. Like, it's our kid, remember. So, but, but it, it's, you never know. You roll the dice. We roll the dice. Did and, not have dirt eating kids. And now, now they're out of their rooms. So, I mean, we, maybe it wasn't, maybe six hours a day. Yeah. You said eight hours a Sure. Day. I don't know what it was. Yeah, it's an awkward place to build, um, you know, because I'm it's not right sure there that on the riverfront. They river have front. enough space too. They might. That's though. what well, I was they thinking have about. To. I don't. I don't think so. I think that I. I don't like if you took the total square footage. I think you're all right. But I mean, in to make it work and make it fit, it's got to be thin, man. It it absolutely has to be thin, and then you got to have a parking lot that goes tall right yep. next to it. Um, but it goes underground. Yeah, maybe. But that might be where all the yeah it might, not, the might, stuff not, is. might not want to go too low. Get into the deep tunnel. Yeah. But I think you could do it. But there also has to be like, there's not a lot of city infrastructure right there. Like Correct. north south wise, there's Clark Street, and then there's no other continuous north south until Canal. There is no, there's no way to like. They're just now they just started a project to. Uh, to connect Wentworth and Wells, mm-hmm. you know, because you have to do this like funky. Well, yeah, you got to do thing. a funky turn, and then Pink but, Tom Park is there, which well, they, is they, they, they could do that. Like, they did that with Elston and the the Damon Fullerton intersection that was such a nightmare. Yes, but look at how long it took them to do it. And that was one intersection. This is a Chicken big course. tract. Chicken yeah, course. Chicken Corners. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for calling it by its proper name. That's right. You got to get it right. Yeah, I'm just. Point of correction just here. What, there's a Popeyes. There's a, a Chick Fil A. And uh-huh. they, when they open the Chick Fil A, yeah, across it's like across the street. It's like the, right there. <laughs> the like the you can see it. That's yeah. insulting. If you're Popeyes, yeah. they both have a drive-through. They're it's, different things. That though. Popeyes drive-through there is impossible. It's insane. It's completely insane. It's right by the entrance. Is to the it highway. harder than the one near me where people try to make a left yeah, off coming south on Western? No, it's it's harder than yours because of the angle. Like because it's, it's like a, you have to. There's the weird angle. Yours is at yeah, least. But, but if you're coming south on Western, oh, you've man. got you're, you're stopping all of that traffic Dan, to just go. We to talk Pop- about this Popeyes once every three months. I think Dan, nothing has me. derailed transitions more than this particular Popeyes drive-through. It's trust crazy me, because of the angle. Like when you're turning off of Damon, and then it's kind of it kind of does know, like I know, a I know, C. I know, I know. We have institutionalized knowledge. People are trying to merge onto the highway. Yeah. There's like three parking spots in the whole place. The line uh, comes into traffic. It's really small. It's yeah. very There's one dangerous. of those city trucks that are just impossibly enormous, yes. blocking several lanes of traffic. Thank God Popeyes is delicious. It's, oh, it's worth it every time. It's worth it every time. Yeah, anything else? And, and yeah, I keep, gr- I keep right. driving. We got a business. Yeah, right? yeah. No question. Popeyes, keep going. Jared Payton joins us in 20 minutes. Peter King at 3 o'clock. Good day to talk to him with the Cliff Kingsbury uh, report happening. Finally a name. 
That's a name. A guy who's not just some schmuck. Like that. Uh, that's a dude. Well, well, he, he's he got to be a schmuck. Guys, uh, oh, I think he is. Right, he's he, a, but he's, he's a, the biggest schmuck of all of but them. But he's a specific schmuck. <laughs> I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, it would be. It'd be very interesting to and very threatening to Matt Eberflus to bring to bring in Cliff Kingsbury. How's all that handsome? <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, Matt. And, yeah, all that youth and opinion and brashness. I'm doing a good job, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The overall dismissiveness of this entire to this entire group of offensive uh, coordinator candidates from so many, it strikes me as so freaking lazy. I'm with but you. Like, like, like but where were you? Bad. You don't know that. Where were you on Bobby Slowick a year ago? Uh, we, we don't know these some of these we people. We see this every time they hire one of these guys, and the guy always sucks. Oh no, but I mean, I'm talking about other teams sometimes get it right. But the Bears never do. Uh, oh God, read that list. Comes back. Read to. the list of the Bears offensive coordinators. Clint Kubiak is named Kubiak, and that's a turnoff. But have you noticed that Kyle Shanahan is named Shanahan? Clint Kubiak had three pretty good years in, in Minnesota, including one as the OC with Cousins, and really seems to – like, that's a very interesting candidate to yeah, but, me. It, it, but is Bobby Slowick good, or is he a product of C.J. Stroud? Uh, we have no and, idea. And that's Bob Slowick's kid. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. So, you know, there's yeah, the birthright stuff is crazy, but – Kyle Shanahan is a birthright, and he is the best coach in football I, right now. I just look at the Bears list, and and all those names fit right in. They fit right <laughs> but, in. With, but with, you with, you with, didn't know some of them until two. Weeks I, I ago. know, but they just it's they, so they fit lazy. right in. It's but, it, but it's just so what they, it, the, 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 the there's a he ninety wants to be easy. unhappy. It's easy. It's there's a ninety percent chance. Yeah. There's a ninety percent chance based on history. That this, if, that, if, that if a caller said this, you would just absolutely destroy them. Not necessarily. We're not using logic. and just using no. It is what you haven't realized is that in the last two weeks. Dan has become a, a score caller. This is Dan <laughs> from Milwaukee. Dan, Dan, from, Dan from Roscoe Village. Dan is a problem. Chicago Fire. Dan this from the Northwest Dan, side. Dan from Chicken Corners. Maybe, maybe I've been eating too much dirt out in the back. Yeah, it's so <laughs> maybe Blame that, the PNLs. That, that would explain ah, it. Yeah. Is that now that I've, I've decided to raise my family like a block from where Mike North grew up, all of a sudden, it's like, just like, look at this guy. I'd be putting jardinera on my shoes. Mm. Where's Riverview? It was right there. I know. Right there. That's why I said it. They took down the flyover. Yep. Peter King at three, Dave Wanstead at four, and our normal brand of nonsense. Talk to you boys uh, tomorrow. Tanny's open, kicks us off. Parkinson Spiegel on the score.